0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello and welcome back to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. And this is ESSR Central, the proper central, not the so-called best central ever, hosted by a torn-faced peak. Not naming any names, you know, just a, just a certain peep last week who tried to claim that my lack of involvement made it the best central ever. I don't hold grudges, just just know I I forgive, but I do not forget. Nor do I forgive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name's Ross McLeod, I'm back hosting as always, and one of the few people who regularly does this show with me, Scott. Hello.
1: Yeah. Hello. Uh, I mean... So special because the McLeods have no involvement in it. I fucking edited last week. What the hell did I ever do to you? <laughs> and then conveniently, as soon as you're back, suddenly those people who are suddenly available to do Central have all buggered off.
0: I know, I know. Part time most part time. I feel like Central at the minute is do you remember that weird phase in WWE where it was just Cena versus Edge, Cena versus Triple H. Cena V Orton, Cena V Edge? Seen it be Triple H. Seen Orton. And then there'd be occasionally a big show or a Great Cali or a JBL thrown in there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I feel...
1: I've always thought that Grammick Robbie is a Great Cali of ASSR. <laughs> yes, I do agree with that. <laughs>
0: uh, if you want to listen to last week's Central, why would you? Uh, or <laughs> any of the past Centrals or news or reviews or previews or interviews. Eat Sleep Soup, suplex retweet itunes anchor spotify and android and of course get involved in the conversation on all social media at suplex retweet really only one place to start this week um so on AEW dynamite uh the elite or the bullet club or whatever they're called the, the, this week um kenny omega's team defeated hangman adam page in the dark order the stipulation being that if adam page won He got a title match at All Out. Rumoured reports, Scott, that they're not going to be doing what was the plan for a while, which was Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW world title at All Out. There's rumours swirling at the minute that CM Punk and uh, Daniel Bryan have both signed with AEW. And it's rumoured that it might be one of them in the main event as opposed to Adam Page.
1: Yeah, this is weird to the because because if you go back and watch the the elimination match from Dynamite, it's a really good one. That you got uh, the Dark Order all in cowboy gear and a uh, video pack that looks like the opening to Netflix is The Ranch. And whereas you've got the Elite coming out, basically like the Toon Squad from Space Jam, they even have Space Jam shirts with Elite Squad on them. <laughs> uh, and then conveniently, uh, Excalibur plugs Space Jam 2. Uh, synergy. But. So, like It felt like okay either Hangman's going to get eliminated in the dark or I have to win it for him like how uh, the New Day did it for Kofi or he, he was going to lose and as he did and then they'll find, find another way to get him to, to all out because Meltzer does say that the plan I think is that Paige would probably be the person to beat Kenny, just not all out as everybody thought it would be uh, and he, he said in his report about Eddie Kingston and Christian Cage because they had been spoken about it at, at various points, but I think the time for either of them have their title shot really is past because they had a point where that really could have been good, like especially Kingston around double or nothing time, but I think those two have kind of cooled oh. off. I think the hottest story right now is with Hangman Page. And you know, it's important to say that Melson never said it would be Punk or Brian. I think given that it's in Chicago and Punk is rumored to be debuting before All Out and I think the rumour is that Brian will debut sometime after All Out. Uh, the hot rumour everybody's mainly jumped to the conclusion oh it's gonna be punk versus omega. Uh, which, you know, I'm not saying this it's not a match that I would be against, but like given that how hot Hangman is, I think everybody's saying that would be a mistake. I know they could hold off to like full gear in November, but shows like Delarnison and All Out kind of are a little bit above likes sort of Revolution and Full Gear. And yes. plus and plus that's so one of the, it's the first pay-per-view they've done not in Daly's place in over a year. So I think they're really making a mistake not pulling trigger. I get the idea of like wanting to you know, draw a story. I mean, one of the few examples we saw that in WWE in recent years how they drew a major once, of V Bailey for ages, and then gave you it. But sometimes, like, there's a proper moment to pull the trigger. And I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's nothing could be nothing to be said that people won't be still into it when they get to full gear if they do it there. But you know, I think. I think everybody wants it. I mean, AEW say that they, they listen to their fans, so I think if they do, it should be here because it's very rare that people collectively are against an AEW decision. You know, you can care on one hand, they might to you've got like, All Out last year with Matt Hardy and you've got like, the big end in the women's division, but it's very rare that you got this much negativity or potential wrong decision for AEW.
0: The only way I can see... So they're taught, obviously Christian and... Eddie Kingston, you know, both of them against Kenny Omega would be a great match. Other um, rumoured opponents, I think they're going to throw one of them in there. Just thinking about it logically, um, if the pay-per-view in Chicago, maybe they don't want to build up to, you know, Kenny and Adam Page. And if Kenny beat Adam Page, you know, ends the two-year build and then... Because I'm thinking, Punk debuts at the end of the show in Chicago. If he signed, if he had signed, you know, there's rumors that he signed with a company. You know, nobody's saying it's AEW. You know what I mean? They're saying AEW is his likely destination. So maybe they don't want to, you know, have Adam Page lose, you know, lose momentum, and then it's all oh, look here's the shiny new toy because that's something people have been critical about AEW. You know, the shiny new toy. You know the. The the Lance Archer, the Eddie Kingston, mm-hmm. Brian Cage, you know what I mean, that sort of thing. When they were all just fed to John Moxley, or they don't want Adam Page's moment to be overshadowed by the fact that CM Punk debuts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think Punk
1: being there, like he doesn't. Need, I don't think that would overshadow uh, that that too much because if he's in the undercard, if he even wrestles that all out, because you don't know if you're actually going to have a match. I think people are invested enough in Hangman. I think it's just because it's Chicago, people assume it's going to be Punk. Uh, mm-hmm. But then like you, you run the risk of like potentially ruining your main event if it isn't Punk or Page that any phases. You have the risk of the fans turning on the match, even no matter how good it is in chatting CM Punk or chatting Hangman during mm-hmm. the match. I don't think AEW would want to do that. Because uh, they, they've teased a date that might be where Punk debuts. Because they said... Uh, the second week of Rampage on the the Friday before SummerSlam is going to be at the United Center in Chicago. And it's subtitled The First Dance. Because uh, uh, it was maybe to the last dance, which was the, the that documentary about the Chicago Bulls and the <laughs> song. And Punk uh, recently did a video of his, on his Instagram where he just put a section of the song that the Chicago Bulls come out to on his Instagram kind of teasing. And when everybody was talking about the rumors, I'm going to AEW. And when they announced that on Dynamite, they cut right into fans all loudly chanting CM Punk. So AEW are really like, I think it was called all the other point, like they're playing a dangerous game. If they haven't signed CM Punk and they're giving all these teases, people are going to be very annoyed. Because you even had yeah. Darby Allen saying that everybody everybody wants to come AEW, even if they think they're the best in the world. All right.
0: They are, I agree, someone like Punk, who is not known for being level headed in business and you know, he's not against going, you know what, well, stick a contract up your ass. Um, it's, it's a very it's a very dangerous game. Um it could be Daniel Bryan, who knows? I just I think um we've obviously we've had a chat in the group chat about how if this was WWE maybe bringing back you know what? we've seen the negative reaction to Goldberg being brought back. Mm-hmm you know, to, to face Bobby Lashley. I, I I don't think WWE has a star ready to go to take on Lashley right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe Big E, but he's obviously on SmackDown. Um But I think it's a bit ironic, isn't it? I'm just thinking here, no one wants Goldberg v. Lashley. No one wants a part-timer versus Kenny Omega. They want Adam Page. And yet... The one time we do want a part-timer against the champion, which is Cena versus Roman, it looks like we might be going with Balor versus Roman.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, I, uh, I remember I said watching that bit from SmackDown, and I remember a turtle Balor confronted Roman. So I was just clever, like, okay, how's Roman going to deny him this? And then I remember him saying that I accept, like, wait, what? So, no, no,
0: that was the same.
1: <laughs> so that was interesting. So I look forward to seeing how that develops, cause I think, because we're, we're recording this on a Friday. Uh, which is mm-hmm. just as well, because we were to record this yesterday uh, before this punk and this uh, thing about All Out came out. So, uh, which I think is the biggest story we've got uh, for this week. Because this is kind of a week of little like stories here and there. So, yeah, it's interesting to see why it would be, because I think, given it's in Chicago, it could be a case of AEW, if it ended up being punk, maybe sacrificing a story for the sake of a pop. Because, like, punk come out uh, and just you know, Whatever he wanted, he could read out a shopping list uh in the ring and then bugger off. And Chicago would go mental for him. He doesn't even <laughs> need to wrestle or do anything on all out, and the crowd will be behind it. I think just knowing that he's there is good enough for them. uh And then just put on the main event because it's very rare that you have an AEW crowd really knackered by the end of the show. They tend to be very hot crowds, so the crowd would still be all about the Hangman Game match in the main event.
0: Yeah. Um the thing about Daniel Bryan as well, I think that the story came out about that, that um, it's not a case of WWE versus AEW. It's more a case of, right, what one of you will let me wrestle in Japan? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if Japan is Daniel Bryan's first choice and AEW is just, you know, the forbidden door, then what? what, what maybe Daniel Bryan, you know, if they don't get Punk, we're talking about playing a dangerous game. It's not as if they've got Daniel Bryan to fall back on, because Daniel Bryan might turn around and go, "Actually, I promised New Japan at Show X, Y, or Z mm-hmm. that I'm going to debut there." So it is, it's is a very dangerous game uh, they are playing here. I'll just y- you've sent me a bunch of stories, here, and we've talked about they're just little stories. So we'll just kind of we'll go through them all just one by one. Uh, Queen of the Ring, mm-hmm. uh, an all-female version of King of the Ring. Tournament planned for October and the finals are rumoured to take place in Saudi Arabia. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, because I originally, like, one, I was doing the two notes together on a Wednesday and I saw two stories kind of close together that they're maybe going to Saudi Arabia in October and, you know, Queen of the Ring also planned for October. And instantly in my cynicism, thought, oh, it's going to be like what they did for Evolution, cause, man, because that was like a week before Crown Jewel in 2018. So I thought, oh, they'll yeah. do this in October to make it seem like, yeah, we know you can't all come with this, but, you know, even though they have done like one Owens match in the last couple of uh, Saudi shows, which is, you know, something compared to when they started. Then they said the finals, though, which uh, I'm trying to look at the optimistic side of it, because on the one side you think, oh, this is also not just a match thrown on a uh, the Saudi show to show that they are trying to progress. It's a match with state proper stakes involved in it. And probably would be a marquee match for the show, especially if the show is called Crown Jewel, which it might probably be. But on the opposite side, you worry—you know—they've done these kind of things before in Saudi Arabia. They've done the best in the world, the greatest tag team, ever, the two weight trophy, and the greatest Royal Rumble. And I worry that doing Queen of the Ring in Saudi Arabia could then lead to a title that doesn't mean anything and gets forgotten about two weeks later. Which I hope isn't the
0: case. Oh, can you imagine? Best in the world, Shane McMahon, Queen of the Rings, Stephanie McMahon. Oh, I, uh, I'd, oh I'd love it so much just for the internet reaction.
1: I think that the best like, the way you can boot this tournament is already is like played out for you, where you have Charlotte on one side, she goes all the way to the final, and you have the person you want to win on the other side, and you have them mm. beat Charlotte because you just have Charlotte because every match Charlotte has in that tournament, if she's even in it, because she could be the champion, or whatever, and we don't know if they want champions yet because they'll probably be for a. Uh, future woman's title shot or whatever so you have Charlotte in the tournament because with every match she goes people are going to get more and more nervous like oh she's going to win it and she, she doesn't need it oh she's, she's going to give her another accolade and then you have somebody beat her at the end it's basically what they, they did with Roman for like four Royal Rumbles almost in a row but they kept having to get to the end just so someone could eliminate him for a big pop.
0: Yeah they knew exactly what they were doing there didn't they Um Listen, if it gets them on the card and starts to change attitudes there, I think that is something that gets lost in this um, sort of... It was an article I was reading um, regarding the whole, like, the likes of Ariana Grande had went there for tournaments. Eh, for tournaments? I oh, yeah, she was in Queen of the Ring. <laughs> uh, she, she went there for concerts. There was other people doing concerts. There was They were trying to get the Football World Cup and all that, you know it's the young people of Saudi Arabia apparently have very different attitudes and very different values which come from a sort of the Western culture that's coming into the, the region. Mm-hmm. So it's not the people that, you know, it's not the people who have lived there now's fault that, mm-hmm. you know, there's been attitudes in past years that have been terrible. Yeah, so
1: like it's like, yeah obviously it was horrible when natalia and that were coming in the ring and you had somebody throwing a plastic bottle like their way but for the majority of the match when you look at when they scan the crowd yeah especially young people and uh, young women in the crowd were very much behind and they were applauding them the whole time and you could see how much it meant to them involved to actually be doing this match uh, and then they got the women's title match the following show we we Naomi versus bailey so so you went from just a regular match so then a title match now potentially a big tournament match you know the finals of the first ever queen of the ring It's something marquee they could promote for that show so you know i know honestly it's not going to change a lot at the minute but you know maybe small steps is what we need you know, because it's very i don't know i'm trying to be very delicate here because you know i know it's a bigger issue than just wrestling we're talking about here
0: yeah yeah it is one of those ones that, like the modern the modern culture in Saudi Arabia, they want change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, if we want to talk about, you know, you can do all oh, well, their government does this, that and this. Well, we want a WrestleMania in Britain and our government's a bit of a shit show <laughs> as well. So America had Trump for four years. So, you know, let's let he who's sin cast the first stone, as the old saying goes. Um, we'll move on from one woman's... Uh, match to another and that's the triple threat women's match at Summerslam, the new raw women's champion Nikki Ash going up against Rhea Ripley and Charlotte at the same time. Um do you see a quick title reign for Nikki Ash or do you see shenanigans where Rhea and Charlotte's rivalry allow her to get out with the title?
1: Uh, I I think they I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be in favour of I think Nikki is gonna Somehow find a way to retain because Charlotte and Rhea are going to try and take each other out because you look at the rivalry for the wrong deal between Rhea and Charlotte it should have just been so simple like they should have just either like it should just culminate with Rhea pinning Charlotte on pay-per-view she gets a revenge for, for losing at WrestleMania and I didn't even mind her losing at Money in the Bank if it was going to lead to SummerSlam where she won it back and then they threw in Nikki I know, obviously, like Vince is eyeing because you need characters for the kids, and you know, no, I don't. I'm trying not to like it too much because I wasn't in the hurricane, but you know, I think Shane Helms was a better actor than Nikki Cross is, sadly. So I think they really rushed her potential cash in for the sake of a popular first ever Raw front of a crowd. They thought, oh, a big moment to close the show, get people talking and everything. So I think they have very much rushed into this. But then, and then you watch watching Nikki's promo on Raw, where she says that we all together. If you just believe you can all together be almost a superhero, like don't 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 encourage me to almost be a superhero. Encourage people to be superheroes or be like superheroes. Don't say oh we can almost be a superhero, like that doesn't mean anything.
0: I know. It's, I'm not a fan of the character. I've made my opinion clear on it the past couple of weeks. Um, I think they brushed with her cash, and I think. I've mentioned this before about the WWE booking thing. Um, it, it comes from a tweet. I, I can't remember who posted it, so credit to whoever said this first. But they were saying about about the reason they prefer AEW to WWE is that even though, and we talked about the likes of Brian Cage, you know, Brian Cage, Lance Archer, uh, Eddie Kingston sort of being fed to John Moxley. This kept John Moxley strong, and it kept you interested in who's going to take the title from them, and yeah you might have thought oh the feud's over already but it never gets stale it never gets boring and it was on to the next you know what I mean whereas it's always a screwy finish or a, a triple threat or a DQ victory with you know with these sort of feuds in WWE and it, it, it feels like sometimes WWE want to book so many top guys and girls that they just don't book anyone that way
1: yeah, because I see I I mean, what they try to go for with the 50-50 thing of somebody loses, but then they win the next week. So I think it may seem that everybody's on a similar level, but like sometimes people do need to lose. Sometimes it might suck to see people lose on a consistent basis. Somebody needs to be. Some people need to be the star, some people need to be the lower down people. And there are some people who shouldn't be on an even playing field with people that they're feuding with. Sometimes somebody needs to get multiple wins over the same person. Or, a few, to make sense, or for them to be built up to eventually be like pushed to the next level of like, where they want to be, like, if they want to be, go from the mid-card to the main event. So I think at times doing the whole 50-50 thing where everybody stays in the same exact same place is sometimes more harmful than people, someone just losing all the time. Because if everybody's on the same level then sometimes Vince doesn't see and think, oh, we don't have any stars. I guess I might as well bring Goldberg back or bring whoever back
0: yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, someone who is a star of the women's division, a, a you know, a crossover star uh, in the world of TV and film, and recently the ESPYS is Sasha Banks. She's advertised for a return for SummerSlam. Do you think we might see a WrestleMania rematch with her and Bianca Belair at SummerSlam?
1: It makes sense. It's uh, probably the best place to do it. You know, they've done like I think they they've lost Bailey who was obviously one of their top like heels on the brand for Bianca to go up against, and they, they got everything they could at that feed before Bailey got injured. you got Selena Vega and Carmella, but they've already done Carmella twice. I watched I watched a bit of that uh, match from the Rolling Loud festival. Well, yes. Like, when, when Bianca wins, you can hear a fucking pin drop. I don't know if it's outside and you can't really hear properly, but literally they pan over the crowd and there's some polite claps. Like, they did not, these people did not give a fuck. Like, they did not come here to see wrestling.
0: Yeah, and what I don't get is, why did they put a match of Otis versus Angelo Dawkins, or sorry, Chad Gable versus, like, Chad Gable is a very good wrestler, and the Street Profits are a very good tag team, but they're not crossover known, you know what I mean? There was a lot of people in that crowd that didn't watch wrestling, you know what I mean? And, um,
1: there's a reason that NXT did download because I think heavy metal and wrestling has a bit more crossover than say hip hop and wrestling. With also yeah. some exceptions, you got Wally, who did the, the he's done stuff with Nudi, who's a big wrestling fan, and people like that. But I think the heavy metal scene has more crossover with wrestling. And but with with Sasha, like you got the only other alternatives on SmackDown are Liv Morgan and uh, Zena Vega. I think they're already entrenched, and a few together. And the other, I think, technically, Natalia and Tamina are on SmackDown. But Natalia might be injured for a couple of weeks. Uh, so, yeah, I think, at the moment, you have to bring back Sasha if you want a marquee title defence for Bianca, because she already wasn't on the uh, Mind the Bank show, despite uh, being on the poster, which also wasn't her fault. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're working on this on page. She could have already returned tonight by now. but So I think it's definitely, like, more, I think it's what Bianca's title reign really needs, because... I think the repetitiveness of the Bailey feud and then suddenly her being taken away from it and then having to rush into the, another feud has really harmed her title ring?
0: I don't think it's harmed it. I think it is just the usual... Like, there's been a couple of times where WWE have, have had a, a guy or a girl win a world title and then just kind of put them in a feud that's never-ending. Remember Drew's first title feud when it was... Um, not no. his first title feud, sorry, his first sort of feud post mania was against Andrade, Austin Theory and Angel Garza, just for, for no reason whatsoever. He just kinda beat people every week. Um and I think as well when someone wins the Royal Rumble and then wins a world title, male or female, you know that up until about SummerSlam, they're not really gonna lose there's not a chance they're gonna lose the title, you know what I mean? So I think it is it's it's maybe poor booking and the fact that we know they're not gonna lose the title.
1: Yeah. I think static and that does like give some doubt that she could win the belt back and they like, keep the feud going. I mean Bailey was also a, a credible threat, but I don't think Carmella was believable, like I, well not so believable, I don't think anybody thought they were gonna put the belt back on Carmella, uh, given that she was so like rushed into this. Uh, and they could, you know, try and go further in with love morgan because she got a good reaction at mind the bank but again i don't think people would buy her being bianca at SummerSlam. so basically when they said that they want to make a wrestlemania kind of caliber show because it's gonna have a bigger crowd than wrestlemania got this year and basically putting in a rematch of what was one of the main the main events you know on you can't get more mania feel than that
0: no you cannot um something that wasn't on WrestleMania this year but was on WrestleMania last year was the NXT Women's Championship um, we Ripley obviously had a wee bit of time on the main roster current NXT male world champion Karrion Cross has been on Raw since the fans returned and there was a wee bit of um wee bit of mixed opinion when Jeff Hardy beat Karrion Kross it was Karrion Cross's first pinfall loss in WWE um Jeff Hardy, unfortunately, he's been been struck down with COVID nineteen, but he was scheduled to beat Carrying Cross for a second week in a row. Um, you, you know what? I'll I'll give you my thoughts on this, Scott, and then I'll I'll, I'll t- ask for your thoughts. I thought, and th- this was something I thought with. Do you remember the Ember Moon, a uh, Shayna Baszler feud in NXT, mm-hmm. when Ember Moon won the Royal Rumble. Rumble takeover match, but then lost at WrestleMania to Shayna. And the reason Shayna lost was because Shayna was coming at it as a a sort of MMA person and get sloppy and get caught in a wrestling roll up. Whereas the next time she came prepared, like she she was ready. I think carrying Cross coming up to the main roster and being so cocky and so so sure of himself, only to be beaten by like a 25-year veteran like Jeff Hardy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think if they were going to build it up to like cross then going on a tear and just beating the hell out of everyone. Like I, I don't mind Jeff Hardy being the guy who beat Carrying Cross. It's not as if, you know, Bo Dallas came to the main roster after being NXT champion. obviously not saying Bo Dallas is like Carrying Cross. But he won like 20 matches in a row and then lost to R-Truth three weeks in a row, and then it was just kind of him, he was done. It's not as if Karrion Cross is losing to a comedy character or someone like, you know, Lindsay Dorado, who's really low down on the card. He's losing to a 25-year veteran, a three-time world champion, who would have then taken the taken the pin for Karrion Cross at the biggest show of the year, SummerSlam.
1: I mean, honestly, oh, oh, that's a quite a journey you took to get here. You went WrestleMania, XT, XT Women's, XT Men's, men's State of Carrion Cross. It was just <laughs> quite quite a journey you went on there. And I, still like, to yeah, I on.
0: like to take the viewers on a journey.
1: But, yeah, so Carrion suffered his first loss, and that made everybody cross. Uh, and
0: I You're really proud
1: of that, aren't you? I am, yeah. I was thinking <laughs> about it while you were talking. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he, yeah, I get what, they, what you said. They were going for it was kind of like kind of ties carrying like Andrade with Lino or like Rusev Lada, where it felt weird when you didn't have one without the other. Uh, the thing with Cross is that he's still like, the NXT champion. He's on a run of like I, like, I think that legit was his first loss in WWE, uh against Jeff, and he's also coming off a feud where everybody was saying, like, "Oh, you take away the." the smoke and mirrors and everything about you, you're you're not, you're nothing. And he comes up the main roster with are edited entrance and no Scarlet, and then he loses. So it feels like they did maybe accidentally expose Gary in, in a way. But, and, you know, Jeff, like I said, he is a veteran, but I think it's about he hasn't done his last feud of note with what, his feud with Seamus, when it was all about, oh, Jeff, you like a drink, don't you? What's us imply, we call you a junkie, we never talk about the drugs you took, we just talk about the alcohol and then you randomly have face paint in this bar fight. So, like, he's not really done anything over the past, like, year or so, and the main thing takeaway, other than him winning was the fact, oh, look, he's got his old song back. So I get what you're, what you're going for, but I think it's just, it was just a difference in the presentation, of course, between the two brands, because you've got him losing on Raw, and then he comes back, the next the following night, where he beats up William Regal, and they're trying to present him as this monster. Uh, like I said, I know he, he got, like, Caught with a roll up. Uh, but then they kind like, of um, paints Cross in his way, like, oh, he needs Scarlet to win. What happens in the future when inevitably they probably think, oh, this Scarlet is potential as a single star and they split him up? And you people thinking, like, well, why are they going to big Karen Cross because we saw them, uh, it was bit last time. There was even a story uh, where they did they were taping the last two weeks of NXT, like this week's episode and next week's, uh, and they had to retape Karen Cross's promo. Like, he had a, a cut and iron promo. And they had to retape it, and because the fans wouldn't stop chatting Hardy at him, like they drowned out his promo with chants of Hardy.
0: That is the problem we have: with people in the main roster on NXT at the same time. You're expecting, you're not expecting a crossover, but there always will be. Uh, but speaking of speaking of him on NXT, um, well, we'll get three new stories in a row that involve uh, involve carrying cross carrying cross def- versus Samoa Joe. Sorry. NXT Takeover, how how excited are you to see some more Joe back in the ring?
1: Oh, I mean, I, I didn't think it would happen this soon, but you know, I love that we're getting it in general because, like, it's not just the you know he's he just got to XT but the last year he's been on commentary, and so obviously it's it's been a long time since we've seen Joe in the ring. I think i said right in saying 2019 maybe was the last time, or was he was he wrestling 2020 as part of this like Rollins feud?
0: He was, yeah, and then right before WrestleMania, he got he got injured on a shoot for 2021 WWE 2K21 or, not sorry it was, it was a shoot for one of the video games that he apparently got injured at eh, and then he gets suspended for a wellness violation and it's just, it's been one thing after another, you know Samojo, you know He was left off WrestleMania after WrestleMania through injuries. And then when he gets on a WrestleMania, it's because Rey Mysterio was injured and his match goes sixty seconds. So it seemed to be everything went rosy when he came to WWE and went to NXT and then he went to the main roster and things kind of stalled. But yeah, good to see him back. And it's been since February 2020 that we last seen him wrestle.
1: I mean, like, I w- I'm not complaining that they've kind of reset 'cause I think the while the build team is getting back in the ring is good, what's even better is seeing the matches that could come from him stepping back into the ring. And yeah. so, especially given the fact that he took the four like best contenders at the last takeover uh, and had him beat them all in the one match and then after he'd already beaten Palo twice. So it's a case of like, if it's not Joe, then who else do you put in? Because like, Joe yeah. is your best option for him and the most believable. And then you can have Joe have these matches that he's been teasing the likes of like Cole and uh, Pete Dunn. And it would also make Joe uh, the first ever three time NXT champion, which would be quite cool.
0: Yeah, actually the, for a brand that we didn't think would ever, you know, we we thought two time champions were a bit, mm-hmm. a bit of a shock. A three time champion would be quite cool.
1: Um it would be also oh, the there've been two people that have held a title three times
0: if it does happen.
1: Because that would be Kyle Bray would be the other one, but also, he, that he his, his title is, is a tag team, so Joe would be the first to hold a single title of any kind in NXT three times.
0: Nice. Um, let we'll head back to the main roster, and it's when Karen Cross defeated Keith Lee this week. Mm. Keith Lee's been tweeting about soon he will tell his story. So soon he will tell everything, and his um his Twitter handle is currently eventually mm. um. Top class puns there. <laughs> I am um, so so there was a lot of talk about his losses um in the past few weeks. He he's been back two weeks, he's had two losses, he's lost to but but I know I, I said this earlier and I'm not having a go at the guy, but Lindsay Dorado. It's not as if it was Lindsay Dorado or or Angel Garza or you know like Malcolm Bivens, for God's sake, it, a manager or something like that, beating him in a match. He lost to the WWE champion, the man who has been WWE champion since March. He lost to, no, so in fact, February. The man who's been WWE champion since February. And then he's lost to the unstoppable like NXT champion who's only had one loss in like two years. So he's coming back, he's lost these two matches there's the whole eventually thing. I think we are going to see a heel Keith Lee on the main roster, Scott. I think we are going to see Keith Lee unleashed because it looks like it's going to get to a point where he gets frustrated and then just goes in a tear through the through the division.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't mind that because uh, I was hoping, after he had the loss to Lashley, that he was going to a feud with Seamus for the US because I think cause I remember... The talk was he was meant to win the USTO at oh, uh, that triple threat at the chamber, the one that Riddle won. So I think that would have been a, a good idea. That spot's been now been taken up by your pal uh, Damian Priest, and so my best friend. Yeah, your best friend. He so it was a weird where he put Keith, I think I don't think they were trying to like bury Keith Lee because they were they put him as match across. The only they wanted cross on Raw and I thought well. Uh, well, Jeff Hardy's not here, we need to find somebody we'll put Keith Lee in there, you know, and it's not a bad matchup because these two main events are a takeover, don't forget, but you know mm-hmm. I, I do see the idea of Keith Lee's been away for so long, I don't see why you couldn't have had Keith Lee beat Cross, I don't think people would have been as annoyed with that because uh, if you want, because they had somebody uh, one of the outlets that was reporting this said that was also went, I don't know why everybody's getting so bent out of shape, we're, t- we're telling a story the match doesn't matter, well the match doesn't matter, then why didn't you just have Keith Lee beat and Cross this week so you can keep telling the story you want to tell, and you don't have to wait for Jeff to come back because, uh, and also maybe I'll feel whatever is that motivates Keith Lee going forward when he tells us what why he's been away. But I don't know why Keith Lee couldn't have won if you're so desperate to tell the story that K- Karrion Cross needs Scarlet, otherwise, he keeps losing and he could attack Keith Lee after the match.
0: Maybe I'm I'm not too sure. I, I, I want to see how that one plays out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see this coming Monday if Keith Lee loses again um Mm. like what sort of what happens but um someone who is returning this coming week on raw uh randy orton advertised for this week's raw uh he mysteriously just sort of dropped off the face of the earth being part of the rk bro tag team with matt riddle uh didn't qualify for money in the bank disappeared for a while and the rumored match at SummerSlam is aj and almost Versus Randy and Riddle. That is a that is not a match I expected to see at the start of the year.
1: No, definitely not. Yeah, cause I think it was the venue that advertised them uh, as be a part of a and I think team like Riddle and Drew versus I think A.J. O'Mass and Schinder, or I can't remember who the final he was. But it was just a group, basically a standard, you know, six and tag group of faces your group of heels, which could easily be the the dark match that they're advertising that sends the crowd home happy or fits or it could be part of the show, but. Yeah, I mean, it was weird that Orange disappeared with very little, like, explanation either on screen or in reality. Because nobody seems to have come out, no news outlets come out with reason uh, reasons to why he's gone away. Uh, I think it would actually be kind of sad if AJ and almost lost the titles at Summerslam because I was looking forward to see what they did with them when they won them at WrestleMania. But then they haven't had. Then they had like 2 pre-previews between Man- Mania and Money the Bank, which neither of them were on, and then they had this match with the Viking Rares, so it feels like they've not properly been able to take advantage of the stuff that AJ and Almost can do, because they had the Mania match against uh, New Day, rematch against the New Day on TV, disappeared, and then onto the Viking Rares where suddenly AJ doesn't want to tag in Almost, which feels like a story beat that they've skipped over. They've kind of fast-forwarded to, like, to, to towards the end bit. So, it feels like they've kind of rushed a story between AJ and Almost that they've had six months to tell. Which feels like a weird thing to say, but again, well WWE are very high on Riddle, like, like Randy Orr, which is why no matter how much people like are annoyed about how slow and how much head- much headlocks he does, people like WWE still keeps them around. So, and plus, you know, WWE loves to put Riddle on that oddball tag team, especially as tag team champions, as evidenced by his time in NXT. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um... We'll come away from WWE for a moment, but someone who feels very much like a, a WWE superstar. Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, went to GCW and defeated Nick Gage for the World Championship, much to the, the absolute ire of every single person in that crowd. Matt Cardona, not seen as a, like, a death match or an extreme wrestler. um, This reminded me sort of, not John Cena in ECW, but more, see when Randy Orton went to ECW to fight Kurt Angle? Yeah. This is this is what this felt like. This felt very much like the outsider just playing it up. I've seen his Twitter feed, just like, hey, I used to be passionate like you, GCW fans. Then I started going to the gym and having sex with women. <laughs> <laughs> or like, or like another tweet he put up, it's him with the owner of GCW. And he went, I mean, the, the owners of GCW love me so much. Why don't you fans <laughs> like? It's just he is playing up to it so well, and he's doing a bang up job. Just winding up an entire like subgenre of wrestling fans. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because I, I think there may be some people involved in GCW who legit don't like Kevin. Him because him, like one of the because comedy were like shitting on him as they were meant to do. Because like he's maybe antithesis of everything GCW does. But he one of them. Yet. Yeah, yeah, and he and one of the commentators was properly going in on him, uh, for, uh, like more than the other two. And I'm pretty sure Cardona hinted that uh, he didn't like, he legit didn't like that guy in an interview. He did with Fateful, but I'll, I'll I'll watch the match. And he cut, he first plays his old radio theme song before going into his current theme song. Uh, he said he got security properly keeping people back because the fans are right up to the ring. Uh, to get him into the, the ring. You can see when, even though he's loving the bottles getting thrown at him, you see his of look, look of fear where he realises shit, I need to go, now go back through these people to get to the back. Uh, he yeah. tried to get he tried to get a count out one during a death match at one point. Uh, he's also, <laughs> he also fans of the GCW universe, which they don't like. But On the opposite side, though, you realise it's how, how much he committed, like how fucked up he was and how much blood he was because. Chelsea Green took a photo of like his back, and I took a photo of his side of their the bed in their hotel room. She said it was so bad that they had to go downstairs and explain to them why it was so bloody, because otherwise they thought they would have walked into a crime scene.
0: <laughs> Jesus, I, I I really am interested. I'm not usually a, a guy that watches GCW. Just it, nothing against them. I just I don't really have the time to catch up on a lot of things. But the the Zack Ryder Nick Gage stuff I have been keeping an eye on and I, I I watched the match as well. I've I was really intrigued by it. I really enjoyed it and put he, he put in the shift. You know, he, you know Nick Gage. You can say, oh, well, he did all these death match stunts. Yeah, he did them. Is yeah Matt Cardona. You know what I mean? He's you know he put in the labor. You know what I mean? Speaking yeah. of labor, there, Scott. We segue <laughs> a labor of Jericho. Jericho defeated Nick Gage this week. Or you've put in the notes, Emo Jericho defeats Nick Gage. I mean, people were, if-
1: people were annoyed that Zack Ryder, or sorry, well, they call him Zack Ryder, but Matt Cordona has to say to him, like, Zack Zach Ryder's dead, I'm Matt Cardona. Uh People were annoyed that Matt Cardona beat uh, Nick Gage. I mean, at least Matt Cardona's still in shape. Jericho just says, like, oh, well, I need to bring out the most violent version of Chris Jericho to fight the death match legend. And then he does the big reveal last week on Dynamite with the, the paint on like, I think the best comment I think came from a that said, uh, Jericho really overestimates how invested people are in this paymaker character.
0: Yeah, he really it really does. Like, See if he turned around and went, I'm bringing back Y2J and started calling people like Kurt Angel and all that again. You know, then great. But then he brings out, you know, your dad at the cat house after the divorce. And it's just, it's not anything we're engaged in, but the match itself, Jericho and Nick Gage was really good. Yeah. I'm more interested in the next labour of Jericho. It looks as if we're getting a sort of, we might get some greatest hits. Mm-hmm. The juice is loose, Juve- <laughs> Huvetud Guerrera uh, against Chris Jericho, where Chris Jericho must hit or move off the top rope to beat Huvetud Guerrera.
1: Yeah, it's just say, like, you look at Nick Gage, if anyone's was ever actually watched his Dark Side of the Ring documentary, like, this is a guy who nearly accidentally killed a Hollywood actor in a death match. This is a guy who went to jail for bank robbery, but he's meant to be scared of Jericho just because he put some some that makeup that you put on when you go and watch your first My Chemical Romance concert. Like, seriously. <laughs> uh, also, by the way, apparently, they got... Oh, you-
0: oh, Scott, you missed a moment there. You're the Japan guy where was your when i was a young boy
1: Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I, like I was not on the ball but i mean i forgot to put this in the notes but uh i think seen today dominoes were very annoyed at aew because they had a pizza cutter spot and then they went to picture in picture and the first advert is a domino's pizza advert
0: yes yes i was about to say you talked about space jam and the brand synergy earlier on that was not brand synergy they they were not they were not happy at that <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no at all. Uh moving to think about it, 'cause I think I heard about it before I watched the, the Nick game, right? like you have to win off the top rope, like these 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 labours and these stipulations are getting oddly specific, but you know, Jericho wins and he is covered in blood and everything. Uh, so he does look fucked up and so obviously you I think uh, he's gonna be very sore going into his next match, because like, 'cause they're doing these in consecutive weeks seemingly. Uh yeah. so obviously the idea that he's not gonna have the energy to go up to the top rope uh and plus he doesn't really do the lines or moves like that anymore so it does create Dynamic. one thing i do love is that they showed a clip from 2019 and i reference to who invented which is what led to njf bringing in who and like it's just the way they showed that because that's a long time for t- for takes back to turn i know people say that the are really not to have a lot of memory but that, that was very much a throwaway line so not everybody's going to remember that uh but it is nice, it's a callback to almost the, the WCW days and say he's come back to TNT for the first time in 20 years. Because I remember i mentioned on the Jericho show where uh, Jericho, like, it was the one that beat Hovington in, in a match that caused him to unmask. And he said, oh, I'm collecting things. I took I took Raymond Stadio's knee, Hovington's mask and Dean Malenko's dignity. <laughs>
0: uh, that is a good stipulation I do look forward to it. Elsewhere on... Uh it was Fight for the Fallen, uh, was it night two or night one?
1: Oh no, there was just the one night we had, Fighter Fest was the one that had two nights
0: oh, All right. The last two weeks. So Fight for the Fallen obviously was this past week, Lance Archer retaining the IWGP United States title uh, only to be challenged straight after by Tanahashi mm-hmm. um, The Forbidden Door being used more and more by people from New Japan now that travel restrictions have eased a bit and um, Tanahashi on AEW, he's already had a shot at the A well, had a shot at the AEW world champion back when Jericho was champion. Mm-hmm. Um nice nice to see him in a sort of a US promotion for the first time, so Thring of Honor.
1: Yeah, because you had Archer versus Sekaleo who uh Higaleo is actually he's the maybe the younger brother, he's the youngest brother amongst him and the Gorillas of Destiny in Japan. He was, and Kaku came out with him to be in his corner. He's six foot ten, uh, and larger six foot seven. So Archer actually had to look up at Hikaleo, which is very rare to see. But the Archer, little brother, <laughs> yeah, the little brother. It's like Rodney and Del Boy into the the side <laughs> <of him>. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Archer, and you know, then you have Tanahashi coming up. The challenge of that match is announced to happen at New Japan's Emergence in LA on the fourteenth of August. They're hyping that as one half of a double main event alongside the Jay White-David Finley never open weight title match. So, all right. so that, I mean, it's a marquee match for for that show. I mean, you'd think Moxley would be on that show because he's still on the poster and you had Moxley gotten a promo on favorable saying, like, how can all these athletes get into Japan for the Olympics but New Japan still keeps won't answer my challenges. They won't send me my contracts. Like, Tanahashi, I know you've been talking to me. And then he just, like, so personal, just went, Tanahashi, you did to me.
0: <laughs> fair enough um, AEW Homecoming this coming week obviously uh, Cody Rhodes versus uh, Malachi Black uh, um, I don't know what to expect from this one it's Cody Rhodes, I'm not going to bore people with I rant about Cody Rhodes but I really don't take an interest in it to do with Cody Rhodes which is a shame because Malachi Black or Alistair Black or Tommy End whatever you want to call him Is someone i quite enjoy watching but i'm I'm not taking anything to do with this one
1: yeah i I think the only uh, positive i can see is apparently tbs have said oh they're going to start filming a new series of that go big show soon so maybe Mm -hmm. cody will lose here and that'll be how he gets written off but you know i worry about what happens when he comes back because you know like oh he got a a neck tattoo and to help fight MJF, or he got his last name back to fight Anthony Agogo, or changed his hair, and where he beat Brody Lee, what's he gonna do when he comes back? Like, oh, I've I don't know, I've got new glasses now. I've now I'm ready to beat Malachi Black or something like that. Because I just worry that Malachi is gonna go on a tear when he's away, and only to lose to Cody when he comes. Back. But I did I did love the segment they had on because anyway, Malachi saved us from a Cody promo by just attacking him backstage. They brawl out to the the ramp, and there were noticeable boos whenever Cody got a shot in but then Malachi kicked him in the face and everybody cheered and so then people come out to help him they got that Fuego Del Sol the masked wrestler who claims that he's the, master of, uh, he's the master of the Delta World deity and is annoyed when W gives uh, Aegis Styles credit even though Aegis Styles is one of the best in the world and he's a jobber uh, <laughs> I'm not annoyed but you know know your role son uh, so then Fuego Del Sol comes out then Malachi just grabs him and turns around and just black passes him in the face and so after I got annoyed at that tweet, I seen that happen, I was like, Ha! That's what you get.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. And a TNT title defense, uh, is it an open challenge for Miro or is he who's he defending against?
1: He's defending against Lee Johnson, who's a part of the nightmare family, you know, that faction we all care about. He's basically oh, a, right. a protege of like Dustin uh over the last couple of weeks and I think it was I think it was actually set up on elevation and then and then Miro's got a promo on it this week, he, says, he said that he explained the reason the title's not been defended he said, this used to be an open challenge title but since I won it suddenly all the challenges have gone quiet so basically saying that <laughs> nobody wants to, to fight Miro yeah. <laughs> and I, I love Miro's promo game the Like since he won the title he says there's only two things that I I answer to A Flexible Wife and A Vengeful God
0: <laughs> A what wife?
1: A Flexible Wife and A Vengeful God <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ
0: <laughs> They're blue for the dads. Um <laughs> speaking of wives uh, the future Mrs. Loomis. Uh, you're really reaching now aren't you? I really am. Look, Scott, you've you've got the things in a, a sort of muddled up order. I've got to find things to go from speaking of women, uh, Andy Hartwell, she's a woman. Um <laughs> Lover or Loser yeah. match next week on NXT, Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gargano. Um who would have thought when we had Test versus Shane McMahon in nineteen ninety nine, we would be here in twenty twenty one? Honestly, Test trailblazer. <laughs>
1: uh, so I don't. would be surprised if we didn't get everyone in for the Mean Street Bossy in this match. Oh Jesus! I mean, why this isn't on takeover? I don't know because really, this is a storyline that's been going since like I think since pre like Mania. Since the pre-made ago, because I think going into that, we all thought Loomis was going to win and say, well, that, win that uh, gauntlet eliminator fight with Johnny, because you had the whole storyline with Austin and Indy and that. So this, been, this is probably one of the longest stories they've got on NXT at I the minute, mean, and they've, they're, they're doing it on, on TV, even though they're not competing with AEW anymore. But I'm interested to see what happens, because I want Loomis, obviously, to win, because uh, then I want because Indy said, like, you need to give him a shot, you need to welcome him into the family if he wins. So I want to just see, like, Everybody hanging out the way hanging out in their locker room and just Dexter Loomis just sitting quietly in the corner just staring at everybody.
0: I wanna see family dinners at the Way House. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna see family dinners with Dexter Loomis. When like Candace just goes, Can you pass the Sprouts? and Dexter's just staring a hole into Austin Theory. <laughs> um you talked about obviously that that match should be on a takeover match that will probably on, be on the SummerSlam weekend takeover is Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai. We were waiting for the moment that Dakota turned and we got it this past week. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because they, they kind of teased it before the Zaya Lee match that there was a bit of a sly look between the two because uh, Dakota, uh, because Raquel said that once she defeats Zaya Lee, there'll be no one left. And obviously Dakota's taking up sec- exception to that. So I'll just see where that goes because uh, it's interesting that they've chosen to have Dakota turn on her and her be the heel and, De- and Raquel is the, the face. So I'll just see how the fans say that if they go along with that or if they try and side with uh, Dakota. Uh, and also also, Dakota has suddenly become one of those people who you can't trust anymore because she's turned on Tegan Knox. She's turned on uh, Raquel, now she's going to be that, that wrestler who, whenever you put in her tag team going forward, they're getting, people on Twitter are going to be like, don't trust the coach, she's going to turn on her.
0: The Kevin Owens of the NXT women's division. Yeah,
1: basically like the, the opposite of of Sting, like I remember Candice LeRae used to be like Sting, because Candace before she turned heel would be the person everybody turned on.
0: Yeah, that was something that annoyed me, see when she fought um, Io Shirai for the women's title. <laughs> And Neil should was a face by this time, and it was like, "Oh, Candace, what I get over it?" You are like, "She's she's not in the wrong." You <laughs> attacked her with a cage door.
1: Yeah, I know, but we all move on. We can't live in the past.
0: Oh well, apparently. So apparently, you can't get over it, mate. It was only a cage door. <laughs> uh, we're going to New Japan, Scott. You are the New Japan guy. <laughs> you and Grant, why don't you? Uh, Tell us some of the results for the Grand Slam, uh, Wrestle Grand Slam. Sorry, from New Japan. I I, I don't keep up with these these foreign <laughs> films. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so. yeah. Wrestle Grand Slam and the Tokyo Dome. This may be a uh, part of a two Wrestle Grand Slam shows where they'll have one in this baseball stadium, uh, Yokohama Stadium, and then in the middle of May, and then Tokyo Dome at end May. But so then they, things got moved forward because things got changing with COVID restrictions in Japan. Uh, so now they finally got this show and then a few days before uh, Koaibushi took uh, unwell and so had to be replaced with Tanahashi in the main event against Shingo Takagi but uh, on the pre-show they had the New Japan Rumble, which was a, a unique uh, rumble style match with uh, Chase Owens being the first person to defeat Yano for the uh, King of Pro Wrestling trophy uh, you had Bullet Clubs uh, Taiji Shimori and uh, El Fantasmo retained their IWGP tag team titles over rocky romero and taguchi you had robbie eagles defeating uh eldest Brad of the junior title uh, making robbie Eagles the first ever australian born wrestler to hold a championship in new japan uh okada and special singles match beat uh, beat jeff cobb you've got dangerous tigers regaining the tag team titles that they only lost uh, a couple of weeks ago over naito and sanada and then immediately setting up a three-way match between those two teams and Yoshashi and goto and then shingo managed to defeat uh, Tanahashi in the main event before being immediately challenged by Evil uh, for the next big show because they've announced uh, two new two other Wrestle Grand Slam shows in uh, a venue called MetLife Dome on September 4th and 5th. And so also the main event of the second night is going to be now Shingo versus uh, Single versus Evil for the title. And I believe that they've announced that night one of that they're going to have a rematch of Call versus Okada uh, to main event. So that's what. They're, doing, they're back on the Summer Struggle Tour, doing some small shows uh, while uh, the big venues are being taken up by the Olympics right now. Then they're going to do those two Grand Slam shows that start September right before they go into their big G1 tournament. So it's kind of interesting how New Japan are bringing things for now. And, uh, obviously, all the all this stuff and more will be going into a lot of detail when me and Grant get together for uh, the next East Meets with, which we're hoping to schedule sometime next week to do the recording. And usually... And released in its usual sunday slot so those are the, just a the general overview of how wrestle grand slam went it was a solid show five matches on the main card six of England, the pre-show and a limited crowd in the tokyo most people were on the floor with a few people on the upper decks so yeah uh, more about this on east meets west
0: so from one also long-standing promotion to another nwa celebrating their 73rd anniversary eh, and the seeming forever champion Nick Aldis who I think recently just passed a thousand days as champion uh, will be taking on Trevor Murdoch in a title versus career match I don't know what he's saying about this match like, it, 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 they get a wee bit of stick NWA because a couple of the, the wrestlers have got in it's very much some of the matches look very Sunday night heat 2007 mm-hmm. Um Trevor Murdoch obviously had a long career. Do you see any way he's the guy, uh, you, do, you, do you see any way he's winning the title and if someone's going to beat Nick Aldis who's had a thousand day title run, should it not be someone they're building for the future?
1: I mean you've got uh, his current reign as it stands at the time of record is 1013 days and then you add that with his first reign which is over 260 days, he has a combined across two reigns of one thousand two hundred and seventy nine days as NWA champion, which I'll say is similar to how they used to do things in the NWA with one champion holding it for ages. Uh, I think, given that it's an anniversary show, and uh, they've said before they've acknowledged in the past that Harley Race was a big trainer of uh, of Trevor Murdoch. He helped them break into the business. I think the idea of honouring the the legends and everything they might have uh, Trevor Murdoch beat, Nick Aldis, pay tribute to you know Harley Race and people like that. Because I know, obviously, you know, nicole has got look of a champion and uh, Drew morg has that look of a truck driver. But like, I think they can find a way to make it work because I think eventually Nicholas does need to drop it. They can kind of tie into, like, the current NWA roster and, like, the history of the NWA because it's on their 73rd anniversary show, which is the night, the day after the NWA Empower show. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I think they could find a way to make it work because eventually all this has to drop. And I do feel bad for the N.W.A. because pre-pandemic they had a strong roster, they had one of the best weekly shows going at the time. And I think if out of all the companies, them and maybe Ring of Honor, the two strongest hit by this because they lost a lot of talent, they lost quite a bit of viewers. And and since they came back, they've not helped themselves. In the fact, they've to fight on a weekly basis rather than being free on YouTube. Because I've really I've not kept up with the N.W.A. since they came back because I'm like. In fact, if I'm paying on a weekly basis to watch Power.
0: No, no, absolutely not. Um, it was a good free show on YouTube, but obviously, you yeah. know, it's yet another subscription service, you know what I mean? Like, we're yeah. no made of money. Um, speaking of another group that's on Fight Impact Wrestling, their homecoming show is this Saturday. Um, they've got a mixed tag tournament. Uh, do you have a name, that list of some of the names there?
1: I, I do have something. I some of them have been announced. I believe uh, there is one team that I know of that hasn't been officially announced. I read them in the taping results, so I don't know if I want to mention that team. But the teams well,
0: that if they've been announced on TV, then say them, and if not we'll, we'll leave until they're actually announced.
1: The teams that have actually been announced on TV are uh, Rachel Ellering and Tommy Dreamer. You have uh, and Chelsea Green obviously. Uh, Decay, Crazy Steve and Rosemary. Are teaming up. Uh, I believe Mac, uh, Brian Myers is teasing he's going to have a mystery partner. His protege Sam Beale, basically, like he wanted a team with Teneo, but Teneo didn't want a team with him after they uh, lost the uh, Slam Anniversary. So Sam said, "Don't worry, I'll find you a suitable replacement." And I believe they also announced that Petey Williams and Jordan Grace are going to team up. And uh, there are one or two teams uh, that have yet to be announced. It's going to be a, basically, I think they're going to do the the first round on the Go Home Impact. Or I think actually no, I think they're going to contain the entire uh, tournament to the Impact Plus Special Homecoming, which is on Saturday. They're a one night tournament, and the only other match outside of Homecoming they've announced is uh, W Morrissey versus Eddie Edwards in a you no know, DQ match. So you no, know, it's not really going to be like much. You're going to have like Kings of k or anything on the show, but it's a fun thing that Impact do with these Impact Plus specials, where they can center around one concept to kind of like do a, a fun show like they did the Super X Cup uh, on the Genesis show back in January, or like they did Hardcore Justice, which is basically centered around uh, Tommy Team were being in charge and putting together some fun weapons-based matches. So as a one-off show, uh, I think it's a, it should be a good show.
0: Well, that's good. Well, that sort of rounds up all the stories we've got this week. Um, as you said, Scott, it was a slow news week, but there was a lot of stuff that we could... It allowed us to delve in into uh, the big stories of the week. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to and but I forgot how soon after uh, Slam, uh, Slam University that that, that special was. Uh, and I, you got to think that Cordona and Chelsea are our favourites to win that. And uh, also they announced that next week there's going to be a Battle Royal to determine a number contender for Kenny Omega. I don't think this is like going to be a challenger for Benford Glory, but maybe whatever their plus special in August is, they'll have a, somebody play like, a placeholder. Should forum so I'm to see who comes Ken
0: Shamrock <laughs> the Smackdown 2 legend that is Ken Shamrock <laughs> I
1: wouldn't say no but,
0: uh, now would I um, right so we're going to wrap this up remember at suplex retweet Twitter Facebook Instagram and YouTube uh, get involved in the conversation and of course if you want to listen to past Centros, past feature shows, past interviews, then eSleep a pleasure tweet iTunes, Anchor, Spotify and all good Android podcasting sites thanks to Scott for joining me and we'll see you again soon, bye 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 Hello I am Jack Graham I am Scott McLeod and I'm David Hockney And you can catch us hosting one of the greatest shows in the history of podcasts, Saturday Draft Live. You can share them every
1: Saturday to find out who on the ESSR has the best chance of winning the current season of
0: our Saturday Draft. As always, you can catch Saturday Draft Live on all good podcasting platforms.